0: In today's day and age, video games are seen as a common hobby amongst most people in the same vein as some like movies, books, and music are. This is because they provide a strong sense of immersion that's unmatched by any other kind of media, as you don't just watch what happens, but rather, you get to be in control. With an experience like this, it's easy to see why video games are their own genre, but it wasn't always this mainstream. Video games aren't like they are now. It used to be a pretty underground niche activity. It's not like now where you see somebody playing a Switch every block you see. It was more like the one weird guy at the end of the street who would be like, hey, you play play Pac-Man or whatever, or Zaxxon, you know, something like that. Compared to things like books, movies, which have been around for over a 100 years, video games aren't even half a century old besides the roots from early computers, you know, like, the ones on radar equipment, and previous World War II computers, stuff like that. So, video games have to make their mark on society in the same way movies had to. Video games have become more mainstream through recognizable icons, easier accessibility, and by broadening demographics. So, to start off, video game culture isn't where it is now. True video game culture started in the late 70s and early 80s, but it wasn't as big as you see it is now back then this is when you would go to arcades and they were actually more than just ticket redemption machines they were like real video games you know buttons joysticks and everything um kind of games you would find back in the day were stuff like atari 2600 that's typically what you would play at home but kind of games you'd find in the arcade and at home are stuff like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, Galaga, Zaxxon, you know, etc., cetera, et cetera. Those were the most relevant about. And many video games at this time were pretty similar. You just went for a high score, no real end goal in mind. And because of this, video games were seen as pretty niche. You know, it wasn't like, oh, look at this adventure. It's just like, oh, look at this neat distraction. There's no real end goal in mind. And In the end, it just kind of looked like a fad, you know, like Pogs or whatever. It was a part of the geek culture at a time. You know, there would be that one guy, he's like, hey, you want to play Vanguard on Atari 2600, man? And everybody would just be like, shut up, geek. So, yeah. Playing video games was not mainstream. It was kind of like rock and roll or Elvis. Most parents also despised it. And many of the people also thought you were... Pretty uncool. It was not very common to play video games back then. But around mid to late 80s, this kind of began to change. Um, With the release of Nintendo and their NES, they started releasing stuff like Super Mario Bros., Zelda, Metroid, Castlevania. Could go on and on, but, you know, that's about it. Video games began, began to change at this point. It wasn't about a high score, but it was the adventure, games were having music, better graphics, all that stuff, it was less of a distraction and more of, this isn't just a fad, this is a genre, this is a new form of entertainment, video games. Although, they didn't quite call it that because reasons. Um, so besides that, video games were seen more as an actual thing, not just a fad. In um, fact, in a ABC 1988 special titled Nuts for Nintendo, by 2020, the little broadcasting where they would broadcast little stories, uh, John Stossel talks about how Nintendo was having big impact on children. You know, demand was high, it was the highest sought-after product, 1988 Christmas, it went even on rare snow days, uh, whenever it's snowing, kids would rather be inside playing Nintendo games than playing outside in the snow. So it showed that, yes, this was a big thing. Uh, the report also showed some early signs of video game controversies, like how they were impacting children's learning, uh, some forms of violence, which sounds laughable now, but they were talking about how the violence in Duck Hunt, you were killing ducks, and even John Stossel reported on how they were just animated ducks. It was not a big deal, but it was definitely a concern by some people. Now, even during this time of video games being recognized more, it still wasn't quite where it is now. It was still seen as isolated, you know, you're just by yourself playing video games, and while there was multiplayer, it didn't really bring everybody together. It was maybe your friend, but not your entire family. And also, you know, still in your living room. But once uh there was this new thing that came out. It's called Internet Play. Now it's common with games like Fortnite, whatever, you know, World of Warcraft, Call of Duty. But it was a new idea and in nineteen ninety nine the Sega Dreamcast actually it didn't quite invent it, but it standardized it and you know, it created more interaction, online chat. You know, being able to play with other people, not directly in your house made games more social. Uh, but it wasn't very popular, the like Sega Dreamcast ultimately failed. But in two thousand five Microsoft with the Xbox three sixty really took it off. Uh Add same online play capabilities, online chat, but it also allowed you to do stuff like Netflix, online streaming, and internet browser stuff. Big step forward, and it brought in a lot of people, but the main console that brought in all of this just made video games absolutely huge and much more mainstream than ever was the Nintendo Wii. You may be asking, well, why? Well, let me explain. So the Wii was a console that took people who were never interested in video games, never played them, and said, hey, I want to play that. The reason why is because of the controller. It was so simple. You, it's just like a TV remote. Everybody's used a TV remote. So, I mean, it's simple and self-explanatory. You see a tennis racket, a game of tennis on there, you see a ball coming, what well, do you do? You swing it. Well, that's what the Wii did. Games like Wii Sports and stuff demonstrated how you swing the Wii remote, you could swing a tennis racket, baseball bat, punch somebody, use a sword. It was used, in a way, your, your imagination, and it took advantage of that. And most people who had never even played video games were intrigued by this because it was so simple so from there, uh, video games kind of just expanded from there in terms of mainstream. They also brought together families, which video games had never done before, in the same way the Wii did, at least. And to say that this alienated the hardcore gamers, that's not the case, because, because of stuff like the Wii and bringing people together, it just expanded the entire demographic as a whole. Hardcore games became more recognized just in the same way casual gamers were recognized. Another thing that made video games more mainstream and social was competitive video gaming, like video game tournaments such as Evo. Um, this is basically a fighting game tournament where you took all the best players and put them together in one room where they would fight for a prize or whatever but really brought together all these people who were passionate about video games into one area they could just do what they love which is great honestly and this led to esports now esports video game tournaments are kind of the same thing but esports is more of like a career based thing Basically what this is, is people playing video games for a living. It's like a sport, you know, you play a game for a living, except this is professional, like NBA, NFL. Uh, it features games like Smash Bros., 2K, FIFA, Overwatch, stuff that's competitive. And some would say esports isn't a sport, but just like a sport, it just requires skill, good eye, hand, coordination, And really, if both of those things are in it, It's a sport, sure. It's not physical, but is golf really physical? Not, not really. Other than swinging a golf club. So, one thing that's great is that esports really defines something that video games would have never thought to be done. Like, video games at one point were seen by, uh, played by people who don't have a lot of social skills now it's like it could be a career just playing one, which is insane. But as video games rise in popularity in mainstream culture, so do the controversies as well. Uh video games have been accused for causing violence since the very beginning, as you saw with, you know, the nineteen eighty eight Nintendo broadcast. But ever since they became more mainstream, they've gotten a lot more flack. Um uh, With events like shootings, like the Columbine, video games were actively being blamed for causing violent behavior. And sure, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible, but this is unlikely the case. Most reports say that 20% of the people who have caused school shootings, only 20% uh, have actually played the violent video games. All the other 80%, they play violent video games, the people... Of people who have done shootings, so. And this is just one example. Um, Most other sources just kind of blindly blame video games because they're violent and kids play them and then bad stuff happens. What's there to blame? Video games. Instead of blaming something more important like parenting, but. That's just what some people do. They'll take the one thing their kids do and run with it. So while, yeah, the mainstream of video games has caused some controversies, but I think everything causes controversies, so we can let it slide. As video games continue to evolve, so will the mainstream and social aspect of gaming. What was once a fad is now an entire genre in a multi-billion dollar industry that appeals to not only hardcore audiences, but also those who just want to play one video game for fun. Whatever you think about video games, I think we can all agree that the medium has made great strides in achieving mainstream and social status, and we can only hope to increase video games as a recognizable form of entertainment in the same way as movies, music, and other forms of art.